0: Hello and welcome to the She's Friendly podcast. My friends Emmeline and Sai join me for this episode. We talk about unfriendly soup, intention, reading the subtext, bathing culture, the dividing line of Ross, and other things from the December first newsletter. Please enjoy. Hi, everyone. Today we have Emmy and Sai from Good Soup. Yeah. Hi everyone.
1: I'm Sai. I am kind of a forever transplant. I am from Florida. I used to live in Austin and now I'm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm a new mom and I am, you know, co-founder owner, I suppose, of
2: Good Soup. I feel like it's, we're still getting used to saying, I like said, like co-founder to someone. And then I was like, that seems weird. I'm Emmy. I've been here before. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to me. I am here with good soup with Cy. We're going to
0: talk about some soup. And we're going to talk about being friendly. Friendly soup. Friendly soup. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's hopefully the only kind that you have, because if you have an unfriendly soup, it's like scalding hot. and And that's like the antithesis of soup. Like soup is like
1: the most warming, welcoming thing there is. So if you
2: have an angry soup, that's just, that's not the vibe. Okay, yeah. I have a hot take that's like kind of a cold take, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is going to be controversial. I feel like gazpacho is like, sure, kind of an unfriendly soup. Like it's agree. kind of like a mm, you make cold soup, and I'm like, get out of here. No,
1: that's just applesauce, but with different
2: ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just a smoothie.
0: I knew you were going to bring this up. I was like <laughs> almost going to bring it up myself because last time we were talking about soup, I asked Emmeline. If she liked cold soup and her whole face was like, (laughs) don't ask me that question. The answer is no. I
2: just, again, it's a smoothie. It's not a soup.
1: We probably should have aligned on that. Emmy, like in the beginning of our relationship to just see if we were on the same page. (laughs) So I'm happy to know, you know, once and for all
0: today that we are
1: all three aligned. A cold soup is a smoothie.
0: (laughs) It is a smoothie. I will say when I was like 10, I had one good cold soup, and it was cucumber soup. I think about it sometimes. Mm. I'm like, hey, where's that cucumber soup? But I'm not going to find it, and I'm not going to seek it. Yeah. I'm just going to think about it and <laughs> leave it there. And that'll be my one friendly cold soup. That's all.
2: Okay. I've had a gazpacho that I've like loved, but it's not something that I'm going to like
0: go out and seek. Like, It's not something that
2: I'm like, ooh, I want to make a nice gazpacho. Did like I'm like in like that. Yeah, my mom made it. So it was it was really tasty. It was very good. But it's like in the height of the summer. I'm like, I don't want to make, I don't want to be like, I'm going to have cold soup for dinner.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's not the vibe. Shout out to Emmeline's mom. Yeah. Good, good soup work. <laughs> <laughs> on good soup. Yes. Thank you for starting it off with a cold take. I appreciate that. Can I ask you some questions about being friendly? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Answer honestly. We'll know if you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What does it mean to each of you to be friendly?
1: I think it's just this this idea that like in order to make a connection, it's two things have to intentionally do something. So for a person to be friendly, it's kind of like I'm going to intentionally, uh, you know, be really kind or or smile or or just put myself out there in some way, so that the other person who's you know potentially receiving that connection can then make that choice and say, oh, I'm going to lean in too, and I'm I'm I am going to receive this. So it's like co-intention. Yeah, like if I were a cashier or something like that. Like I would say someone's really friendly if when I said, how are you? They looked up at me and they said, oh, I'm good, how are you, right? Like, and you don't have to do that. It's not like you're a bad person if you choose not to be friendly in a particular moment, but it's just sort of in that instance, I would gauge friendliness based on what you were bringing to the table at that moment.
2: Mm -hmm. It's so interesting that you just said that about like a cashier, because I'm always like still really caught off guard by like a barista or if someone is like, hey, how's your day going? I'll answer someone on, you know, like it's going or like, you know, it's fine. 98% of the time I say, how are you? Or how's your day? And like people are, it's like sad how much people are still like, oh, thanks for asking. Or like, oh, I usually don't get asked that. But I'm like, why, why not? Like why, I don't know. It just feels so uncomfortable to me And like, I've been on the flip side of that where I've been like, hey, like, how are you doing? You're like, how's your day going? The person's like, fine. Mm -hmm. And then just like launches into what they want. And I'm like, oh, I'm good too. (laughs) And it's like, fine. I think if you don't do that, like there's nothing like morally wrong about it. I don't know what it is about like me or my personality, but I feel like both of you are probably the same in that of
0: like checking in on the other person. (laughs) I definitely have the same interactions. I have been on both sides. Sometimes maybe the reason I don't ask how someone is doing in a service position or I don't like receiving it when I'm on the other side Mm -hmm. is because I maybe value the honest answer and I'm worried I don't have enough time, like literally just because the line is long or something and I'm trying to be polite or I don't have enough time like in my body to hear the reply. And mm. I wonder if, I don't know, I wonder if you guys have that experience too, where it's like, I almost don't want you to ask me how I'm doing unless I can a- I can actually answer you, even if you are being friendly. 100%. I, I literally, in talking about this picture, my body at the front of the line or on the other side of that line, and then think about like, well, I want to answer you or I want to like tell you or I want to ask mm-hmm. how you're doing, but I want to leave enough of a container for it to be filled. And so much of like the mm-hmm. service industry is, is time, time is money and they just need to get to the next customer. Yeah. Even if they don't need to. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Cause that customer is like, i want to be, I want to be seen. So I just, I think about that scenario. It's a, it's a specific one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, cause I've worked in service and retail and that's kind of stuff over my lifetime, many a time. And I would even say, if I even took it down a notch and and didn't have a how are you conversation, but I think there is a difference in sort of wanting to engage with someone, be it, you know, as a formality or not, and someone not even making eye contact with you. Like if you're on your phone Mm -hmm. and I say whatever the case may be and you don't look up, again, doesn't make you a bad person. But in that instance, you are, in my opinion, less friendly. Like you, Aren't giving of yourself the two seconds to like look up and smile or look up and and engage with me in a in a personal way. So even if like the how are you that is a little dicey because I I can already imagine like yeah. a line forming and like no thanks. But yeah, it's just like those little like choices that we make okay. in an instant that kind of to me gauge friendliness. Yeah, the mm-hmm. signal, the signal. Yeah,
0: signal. There you go. Emmy, do you have? Any extra thoughts on this question? I know you've answered it before.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that like, kind of like what you put out there and what you kind of get back, I think is really like all, this is all kind of like connected to me. I am very aware through like masking how friendly I'm being or how perceived friendly I am being and if I'm turning it on or turning it off. Mm -hmm. And I think Sometimes for me, like it's a little bit of fake it till you make it. Mm. Cause I'm like actively not scoring myself, but like I'm actively reviewing everything that I'm doing as I'm doing it. So like, was that the right response? Did their body lean into me or turn away from me? Did they like that response? Did they not like that response? And I'm not saying that because I'm like engineering the conversation to be fake. But especially like I recently have made like a a new mom friend and our girls go to ballet together and they're so sweet together. And those first kind of few conversations, it was like, I just want us to, like, I want us to find our rhythm of like being friends. And I like almost kind of remember that with you, Sai, when we first kind of started talking like outside of work of like, what do we text about? Like, what do we have in common? And like, oh, you liked that topic. Okay, like we could talk more about it. And I think when you find genuine friendship, that kind of like, I need to try really falls away. And you're just like, oh, I know this. Like now I know this person. I know our cadence. I know our flow. I know what we're going to talk about. But I think sometimes like in those beginning moments, there is this like, yeah, it's like fake it till you make it. Of like, I'm just like, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to lean in because I want this connection with you. And in like, to me, I feel like in the past few years, I've been like, that's the universal experience. And then like, as I've learned more about neurodivergence and all, I'm like, oh, that's not actually how everyone (laughs) has like these additional, like these, like makes these friendships. But I think it is that kind of like putting yourself out there or showing how, how you want to be seen by someone and then how your friendship kind of either grows from there or doesn't. And you can maybe turn it off if you're like, I just kind of want this to be like, this is our little blip of like friendship mm-hmm. time. And then like, we'll move on from it.
0: We've definitely talked about this before, Emily. Not at length, not to diminish what you just said. The yeah. sort of mirroring and the performance and the masking mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference because you can use those things to set up like a distance um, yeah. and protect yourself. Which, not to say that you aren't as you're going into it because it's a risk making friends yeah. is a risk <laughs> yeah but i feel like what is behind it between both of these answers is like a genuineness you are mm-hmm. so genuinely coming to it whatever energy level you can be whether you are at the service counter and you're like i can look at you in the eyes and that's like me treating this in a humane way or i'm trying to figure out like what is our rhythm mm-hmm. and i'm using the tools mm-hmm to build them. Even and you and I had, I think we work really similarly. We're trying to figure out like what is being checked positively yeah. as we're interacting with people and then using those until there's like a comfort that's met. And then the friendliness, it rolls out. Like, it's not that it wasn't yeah. there before. It's just like, you have the groundwork now. We both know we're safe.
2: Yeah. It's like that, like you get to that level of just like, oh, we can both sit on the couch and like be on our phones. But it's like, That is that is quality time. Mm
0: -hmm. And I feel
2: like when you find those friends, it like becomes really few and far between, or when you don't talk for a few months and you pick up right where you left off. And those are such like cliche things. But I think like there is some there is some real truth in that of like feeling at peace, feeling at home with those people, of like that is like genuine friendship.
0: The next question is already being answered. So I'm just gonna bring it up (laughs) and then we can sail into it further, but Sure. When do you feel the most authentically friendly?
1: So interestingly, I I I think I'm agreeing with Emmy, but then I'm not sure if I'm disagreeing or like have a different <laughs> situation going. Cause I, I really thought about this and I'm like, I think I am most friendly with randoms. If mm-hmm. I don't know you, I feel like the stakes are really low. I feel like My curiosity is at an all-time high. So I naturally just want to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm like a little like golden retriever and I'm just so excited. And then like the more I get to know someone, the more I do start to feel a little more insecure Mm -hmm. because I Mm -hmm. then that's when I start doing the like, am I like talking too much? Like, am I funny? Like, do they like me? Do I look cute today? Like, I just like, it just feels like the stakes are getting higher um, as I'm like forming a friendship. And then once that friendship were not even friendship, whatever relationship, once it's safe, then I'm like, I don't even need to be friendly to you. Like we could just like do whatever we can talk or not talk. It's fine. But I feel like I am most friendly when I'm meeting someone new, just because I feel oddly safe that like, Mm -hmm. if this goes South, like I'll just never see you again and it'll be
2: fine. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like you've both probably gotten like, oh, like you're so outgoing and friendly at parties and like meeting people. And I'm like, yes, it's the follow-up that gets (laughs) it's I don't like, yeah, I'll go meet people. That's fine. Like you said, it's like there is that like low stakes of like I can just be friendly with you and it's okay. Not that there isn't still like a like a facet of social anxiety there, but it almost feels like it's like, there's like a clean slate for me of like, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. So you don't have preconceived notions of me. And I can just interact and tell you things without feeling like there is this history of things that either you are thinking about me or judging me on or perceiving me in a certain way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like the second time you're like, when you're like in a budding friendship, and it's like the second or third time you're seeing and it's like, you like change outfits like four times. And then like, you're like, okay, like, do I look cool? Did I look as cool as I did last time? Should I that wear my hair like this? Should I not place. wear my hair like this? Like, it's such, it's such a tough place. And then like, you get there and you're talking and then it's like the after of like, did I talk too much? Like you said, like, did I talk <laughs> too much? Did they think that that thing was funny? Like, did it seem like they wanted to hang out again? Like genuinely? Or were they just saying that? That like space of questioning of like, we're friends. Are we friends? I had fun. Did you had fun? I don't think I can ask you that. Does that seem desperate if I ask you if you had fun? Cause I had fun that like space of getting
0: into being perceived, I think is so tricky. Oh yeah. Um, the feeling of when you, you hang out with like a new ish friend and then you leave and you're like, oh, they hate me.
2: They
0: hate me. Um, Never gonna hear from them again. (laughs) And I'm not funny. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I've been coasting on that for years.
1: (laughs) What's so funny is I truly, I will like replay the conversation like 50 times in my head to just be like, I think it went well. They said this. I probably should have said blah blah blah. Like, it is so bizarre to, I don't even know. Just like assess a situation that way so thoroughly to be like I really hope I nailed
0: that interaction like what does that mean like that's so crazy I think a lot of this comes from laces maybe in our like upbringing history just wherever we've hung out where we did maybe get a direct piece of feedback where they were like hey you you're not funny, or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you don't look very cool, or like you're talking a lot. And it's not that, obviously, it's never that clear. We're just like kind of picking up the cues. Yeah. Or it was just mm-hmm. a place where all these things that might usually work weren't working. I think we picked them up and we we're like, oh, great. Now I will think about that. My next interactions, mm-hmm. all of them, I will think, am I applying these things that I've noticed other people have told me are wrong in myself? And I think it's those kinds of anxieties, those insecurities, like they're not, it's not real. I mean, yes, we do talk too much sometimes, but (laughs) I don't think, I don't think it's unusual or it is unusual to like replay these things, but it's based on all those experiences in the past. We're just trying to like avoid the landmines that maybe didn't lead to a friendship or a job or a relationship. Like they're all made up, right? Yeah.
2: The opposite is also true though. And this might be taking us in a different direction. But like when I first started at the job that I have now, someone after like a year, I became friends with them and they were like, I- every single day, I'm so excited to see what you come in wearing because I love your style. And then like, as soon as they said that to me, I was like, there was so much pressure to be like, is this stylish? Are they going to perceive me as cool? And like, I hadn't had that pressure. I was just kind of like dressing for myself and dressing with what I liked. And then when I moved away, it was like, every time I came back to the office, I was like, are other people thinking that is Has my body changed? Has my style changed? Is this still cool? Do I look too styled? And so I think that like, I completely agree with you of hearing something like a negative piece of feedback, but also like a positive or like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. You crack me up every time. And then seeing that person in like a group with other people and you're like, was I funny enough for them? Did I make them laugh enough? Where it's like, and I'm, I'm like, please tell me other people struggle with this. I'm like, is it just me? Yeah. But it's that like, you once you kind of get that, how you're perceived by someone or how you're judged by someone, even if they don't think of it as they're judging you, I think like that I'm a person who like that really sticks with me and I think can sometimes prevent me from being genuine in certain avenues. Because I'm like, I don't know if I want to give that piece of myself to you because Mm -hmm. then like you have it and now I'm going to have like, that's my, what I'm going to be measured up against.
1: I, in general, feel the most friendly when I'm my most confident. So whatever that looks like, like Mm -hmm. if I feel like my mascara doesn't look like shit, if I feel (laughs) like I you know, had a really great meeting at work. And so now I'm on a high because I'm like, yes, I looked smart and I'm feeling great right now. And like all that kind of stuff, like to put like my therapist hat on, like you can't control other people's, you know, perceptions or their actions or anything like that. So I think to combat that, all I have is like, if I feel good, like then that's when I'm feeling most friendly. Like that's when I'm able to like really put myself out in the universe and say like, Look at me go everybody like I'm cool. <laughs> You're going to want to be my friend. I'm not even worried about it. Like but if I don't have that then it is really tough. Then I am like just sort of
0: hoping for the best, I guess. I think I have the same alignment around like confidence or just what I think I have the ability to share that day. Mhm. Exactly. It's yeah. dynamic. I I think it's interesting how both of you have kind of brought up this like as we get into deeper friendships there's like an un it's not unfriendliness it's not the opposite it's just like the friendliness changes and it's not that it unravels and it becomes unfriendly but it's that you can like relax into your your actual parts i'm gonna ask the next and final question for friendliness it's more anecdotal you can share what you want share a story about recent friendly or unfriendliness almost no one answers this with a with an answer of unfriendly (laughs) examples. Fair. So do do what you wish.
2: So I have always like growing up. I've always had my like friends, and like I've had like my theater friends, and then like my dance friends, and then my like hangout friends, my outside of school friends. And it like brought panic and fear into my heart to bring those people together. And I think it kind of goes to what we've been talking about of like them knowing different versions of you, or just like the primary version of self is different when you're with different people. And Courtney, I don't actually even know if you know this, but like Sai and I have spent a grand total of 30 minutes together in person Yep. in our friendship. Our entire friendship has pretty much been created virtually. We started working together and then we kind of pulled that offline. And then we saw each other at one offsite in April and we spent like 30 minutes walking to Whole Foods together. And yet I feel like we've we've been able to form this like really beautiful friendship through just like motherhood and love for community and just shared values, I guess. And then Courtney, I've known you since college and we haven't seen each other. We've seen each other like, I don't know, three or four times since we've graduated. And it was such a shift and excitement for me when you first were like, hey, how does Good Suit feel about being on the podcast of like, Very genuine excitement for seeing these two people who I care so much about connect and that like fear and panic of like, I don't know, like these people and like there's my one person and my other person and they're in my other departments of my life. But like there was just such genuine like, I feel like you two would really like each other and really hit it off. And I have such great respect for both of you. And I feel like you both hate this. And I'm saying (laughs) this and giving you so many compliments. But I just like, I was just so excited and happy. And I feel like, I don't know if that's like me evolving as an adult into a different space of being friendly or friendship, or if it's just like, I don't know, something else. But it just made me very, very excited to like share that and share each of you with each other and that was exciting to me. I feel like I've the use of exciting has lost all meaning at this point, but here <laughs> okay. we are.
1: I will say Emmy, there's an episode. Of, do y'all watch Seinfeld? I've seen a few seasons. Okay. I'm starting to realize I'm just like an old person. That's fine. Um <laughs> there's an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza, uh who's like uh, Jason Alexander, that's his character, he he talks about his worlds colliding and he's just like yelling. He's always yelling, but he's just like, My <laughs> worlds are colliding because like his girlfriend was going to meet this group and da da da. And like too many of his friends' group were going to be in the same place at the same time. And it was all terrible. So, all of that to say, Emmy, I see you. I hear you. <laughs> Me and my younger yeah. sister Angelica would always say that if there was ever a moment, I think it was for her wedding, we started just yelling like worlds colliding because that was like the first time where the, that we yeah. were like, Oh God, it's college, friends. Oh, It's like our church friends. It's this, it's that. It's like, Uh it's too much. It's all just too much, but I see you. I feel you. Yeah. In terms of friendliness, I I also unfortunately don't have an unfriendly story, but, (laughs) and my story's not even that recent, but it sticks out. So when my husband and I first moved to Winston-Salem, we met just like the nicest guy. His name's Max. And he has a little like men's boutique store like in a barbershop which was super random and we had gone in for whatever the reason and he was so friendly I mean maybe because just nobody else was there that day but he basically was just took an interest in us and was like oh you're moving from Austin oh were you interested in doing and we started talking about my soup desires and all that kind of stuff and he like gassed me up he was like Winston-Salem needs some soup I love soup I ate it all year long da, 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 da. Fast forward. Three weeks later, we finally moved to Winston. So we were just like house hunting at the time. Um, and he's like, meet my wife and then meet my friends, blah, 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 blah. And so since then, like I would say his wife is probably one of my closest friends in town. Like she's mm. she's wonderful. And these people are just really generous with their time and with their spirit and with their their mm. friends. Like they don't need to make me a part of their friend group like they already have plenty like that could be their worlds colliding a random with their actual established friend group but they were so just like again just really generous and so John and I really connected with them and and formed a friend group around their friend group and I don't think I've ever felt so like welcomed before and they're mm. part of the reason why I'm like kind of pushing myself with good soup a little bit because I like Emmy and I believe in it. And that's great. But like we could also be delusional. But it is really nice to have other people (laughs) legitimately say, like, no, please do this. Like, I love soup. I want to just talk about soup. Like, I want to just talk about recipes. I want to eat soup. Like, it's really cool to like have a community sort of form and knowing that I can honestly say, like, oh, I made a friend who kind of helped make that happen. And without him, like maybe I would have just wussed out. Like,
0: I don't know. Think those people I'm always so in awe so, of those people. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I have experienced a similar welcoming and I feel like it's really rare. Mm-hmm. So rare. It it feels so good to be welcomed in and to be boosted. Um yeah. and I think it creates more in yourself.
2: I'm always it's like those are the people like there's always that one person I feel like in college or when you move somewhere who just seems to like know everyone or just be so friendly but it's so genuine yeah and you're like they're like oh like this person is gonna like open their house up for us and you're like oh do you know them and they're like no I just met them and you're like how how are you are you this like how do you how are you so well connected and it's like they just like they just want to build community they just want to bring people along they just want people to have fun and like that like you said, just like having someone like that, who then is like, just so genuinely interested in you and wanting to be like, no, you should do it. I want to do it. Let me know what, like, there's such a difference when someone's like, let me know when you are going to make soup and like, mm-hmm. drop it off. And you're like, I don't, I don't really want to let you know, like that didn't, it feels like you just <laughs> said that to like, say that. And then there's people who are like, Oh, like I'll text you and like see if it's ready by the weekend. And it's like this, like kind. Of, they kind of give you that push to be like, okay, I know they're gonna check in, but also like you are genuinely excited, and you genuinely want this, and that makes me believe in myself. Of like, okay, I can do this. Like, you're excited about it. I'm excited about it.
0: Have you ever heard of? It's kind of like an example in a different way, but when someone is sick, instead of asking them what they need, you're just like, okay, I'm gonna bring you soup i'm gonna bring you ibuprofen because i'm sure you need it i'm just gonna understand what you need and bring it to you you don't have to work harder i'm gonna support you and the second that you're well we're gonna go out again it's not the same thing it really isn't but there is this kind of like difference in support where it's like yeah let me know when it happens and i'm like i will never let you know you will never know when it's I will literally.
2: I will literally die before I let you know <laughs> if, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> you'll
0: never you'll no. never
2: see it. <laughs> you will never
0: know, <laughs> or you could seek it out. And I could be like, "Oh, they care. I yes. will do this. I will share it with you, and we will celebrate it together instead of me just kind of being like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but again, that's this like, idea of you extending yourself. If you say, Mm -hmm. if someone's sick, you're saying, let me know what you need. You're putting the ball in their court. But if you say, I'm going to bring you ibuprofen, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. I will pick up your kids or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. You're again, extending yourself and saying, I'm invested. I'm going to invest in this connection one more time and do a thing because I believe in it. And I think that's so cool when that happens. I don't do it all the time, but I really admire
2: every time I see it. I'm like, "Dang, that person's good." I have such a hard time with it cuz I I'm such an overthinker. I remember it was like my coworker's birthday and I was like, "I'm going to go get her a little something from Trader Joe's and I'm going to surprise her in our little like group meeting." And it was like I was with one of my other coworkers who was going to be at this meeting. And I got to like the cookie section and I was like, "Don't know if she likes chocolate, don't know if she likes vanilla, don't know if she likes sprinkles." And it was just like I have been on the receiving end and it's, I sound like maybe, I don't know where someone got me something. And it's especially hard because I'm a vegan Where someone's like, I got you this. And I'm like, I can't eat it. Or like, I don't eat it, but thank you. And it's like the thought that counts thing where I'm like, I genuinely know that like you were trying, but I was like, I ended up getting like brownies and then like a birthday cake cookie. And then like something else. Cause I'm like, I want her to have options. Like if she doesn't like brownies, I'm not going to fucking bring her brownies on her birthday. And for her to be like, thanks for the brownies. And then like, hate them like that. That is my nightmare. And I I think it's probably just like overthinking and like making it more about myself than it needs to be. But I just like always have such fear of being like, I'm going to like drop you off soup. And if the person's like, I don't like soup or like, I don't want that soup or I don't want to have to deal with that dish now. Cause like, that's how I am as a person, which maybe just makes me like a very hard person to be (laughs) friends with. But like, even thinking like you, Courtney, like at the beginning of last week, I was like, Ooh, December 1st is on Friday. And I was like, going to text you and be like, I'm so excited about like Friday. Then I was like, is that just going to put pressure on you to hear someone be like, Can't wait for the newsletter. Like, better make it good, which is like not at all my intention. But I know that I could feel that pressure if someone did that to me. Which then I'm like, I end up doing that, like over explaining of like, it's going to be good no matter what, and I just love you, and I just I'm excited, and I want to support you, but like I don't want it to come off the wrong way. But like I was thinking about it, and I wanted to send you a note because I'm thinking about you, and I love you. And then I just end up not doing. It's like it just becomes like paralysis. I
1: love nothing more than an Emily and Mizell spiral. <laughs> like, it is unreal. Also, and now I feel terrible. Am I even saying your last name correctly? Mizell? Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. No, you got it. Mizell, you got it. Okay.
1: Mizell. Great, good, great, great. Yeah. yeah. You spiral Full like spiral. nobody I've ever met. <laughs> it is incredible. Incredible. Uh, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> It's no, it is, it is a compliment because you are, you are like hell bent on like just doing the right thing, the best way, the most efficient way. Like you are just so hardcore. Like it is like for you to even think to yourself, if I give this person a Tupperware brownies and then they're going to have to wash the Tupperware. Like that's another Tupperware they have to deal with. Like that is on another level. Like you just, you really crack me up
0: in that way. Um, emilence spirals are often voicing things that need to be said or are processes that i have gone through and i'm like oh, i'm hearing someone say it out loud because i have been in that grocery store and looked at the stuff and been like should i even get them anything but i do think there's a difference between your two primary examples so getting yes getting gifts for people or like things they need or like trying to preempt something like you are sick. I'm going to get you ibuprofen. And they're like, I don't take that. <laughs> I'm a Tylenol only family. How dare. And I'm like, you're right. I, I'm i going to throw these away. And then the other one of just messaging someone or giving hope, brightness, light, mm-hmm. excitement, like those are so, yes, there might be a little bit of, I would, I would have received them and like, oh yeah, December 1st. Um, <laughs> but Hasn't it always felt good to have someone reach out to you and be like, hey, I like you
2: always, always. always. Yeah.
0: Maybe the pressure is a good pressure, but it's or it's just fueled by a good thing. So it's okay. I but I know where you're coming from.
2: My brain will go to like. Then they have the Tupperware, and then when am I going to see them again? And then yeah. are they just going to like have this piece of Tupper? And what if I need the Tupperware? And, and then like, they have to give it back to me. And then... Don't clean it. Just throw it at me. Just throw it. the dirty. Just throw it out a window. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't ever want to see. I don't want you to have to deal with it. I don't want to have to just yes. burn it. I don't want to burn it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, what do we do? Wait, we've just talked ourselves back into the corner of being like. The less ver- <laughs> the less friendly version of what we're the less like, friendly version. idolizing, yeah. just yeah. The inner monologue is loud and never shuts up. I know, She's real loud. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna conclude us on this friendly bit, even <laughs> though it's all over the place. Um, and I'm gonna ask I- both of you. Oh yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you, Courtney. Yeah. On a scale of like I don't know, one to five,
1: how friendly do you think you are? This is.
0: This is like chronically difficult to answer. I'm probably a three middle okay. ground. Um, If I have to go out in public, five, I'm like turning it up high. If I'm just hanging out with someone I know, I'm telling them like what my actual level is. I'm basically saying, I love you. I don't feel so friendly today. I'm going to be a two, but can we both like hover there together? And then they can be like, yes or no. i think i also think about whether or not i'm being perceived as friendly enough the concept of enough always comes into my mind Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and i'm taking in the audience in that comparison i'm working on that i will say i'm slowly trying to like pull it back and just be like you are you and i can Mm -hmm. only manage my own reality
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's part of like owning where I am on the scale thing. I mean, there's multiple scales, right? There's not just friendliness, yeah. but all of that happening at once and then deciding the most friendly thing I can do is just like meet where I'm at and then yeah. take care of this and then not overthink everyone else's reactions to it yeah, or like perceived reactions.
2: Yeah. You can yeah. only be responsible for your own emotions. Yeah, as much as I like to be responsible for other people's
0: emotions, they are not mine to be responsible for. No, it's so hard. Um, yeah, my mantra right now is I don't read the subtext. Ooh. If I, uh, <laughs> so if I, I love that. It's it's incredibly difficult, but it's one of those things where I I'm, only read subtext. I know, <laughs> and it's not. I'm, it means you're doing all the heavy lifting for other people and you're like they get to get by with maybe affecting you or whatever you just you're in their orbit whether they're doing it on purpose or not and then Mm -hmm. you're doing all the emotional work and they're just like "Mm -hmm, i'm just standing here are you gonna change are you gonna do something different i'm like no I'm not going to read the subtext if you just, if you're just standing there, I'm going to think to myself, you're an adult and you're standing there and you're taking care of yourself. Um, and I'm not doing something wrong. I'm not acting incorrectly. I'm not feeling the wrong thing. All these, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. so
1: healthy. I might take your
0: mantra on. I
1: really like that.
0: Yeah. I don't read the subtext. I don't read the subtext over and over again it's hard um that is challenging yeah i mean especially when we're talking about masking performing mirroring all these things that we do to protect and like propel ourselves forward yeah so that's my mantra right now and my answer is a three on a good day for friendliness uh just yeah just to tie that up (laughs) <laughs> a Sorry to put you on the spot. I'm so curious. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm glad to be put on the spot. I forget that you can turn it around and I appreciate you doing that. What did you guys want to talk about in the newsletter? Well, one thing that we both bonded over <laughs> was cold toes. <laughs> cold toes, man. I got them right now.
2: I kind of do, do too. <laughs> I can't sleep if I have cold toes. Mm -hmm. Like if I, I can't, I cannot find peace if my toes are cold and my toes get cold so easily.
0: You sleep with socks on? I do. I can't do
2: that. Well, that's not true. I do and I don't. If I'm like alone in bed in the winter, I start with socks and then I take them off. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as Nate gets in bed, who is just a furnace of a human being, I feel like John's probably similar to this. Just absolutely furnace. furnace I'm like, I will be fully bundled and the nate gets in. And I'm like, I it's summer in here. <laughs> I'm a, I'm in a hot sand. It's the beach, which is like a blessing and a curse. But I always like, I'll like take my socks up and then I'll like tuck my toes, my cold little toes under one of his sides.
1: Mm. <laughs> and I'm
2: like, Turn my little toes up. Thank you very much.
1: I was gonna say, does everyone here sleep with their partner? Yes. Yeah. Cause that is, that's the toe warmer. Like a hundred percent. There's no other way to do it. I, if John's not home, I'm, I'm fucked essentially. I'm, I'm like, I guess I'll just be <laughs> numb tonight. Like, I don't know what I'll do.
0: So, my partner doesn't sleep hot. He just sleeps. And <laughs> I feel like
2: you sleep hot, right?
0: I, I sleep hot, but that doesn't yeah. extend, it doesn't resonate <laughs> to the toes. These toes. Yeah maintain a coldness that makes me think are you okay why aren't you why aren't you warm um if i want to warm up my toes i put them in my own thighs <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you
1: just make a little, a little pet pet pretzel ball.
0: just fool myself in
2: <laughs> yeah does uh, jolene help does she does she help warm the toes
0: so she's too little she is she's too lean. small i have put my toes under her little belly but I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of like feel, I feel bad. I'm like, whenever I put my, <laughs> whenever I put my toes on her, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like these things are cold, <laughs> cold and you were doing toes. great before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just like, I hold them. Um, yeah. I don't know how to fix that problem. Even if you sit in front of a heater, they don't really like warm up yeah. first.
2: They don't warm up.
0: No circulation
2: no there's a
1: I guess a disease so it's called Raynaud's disease even though it's not a real like disease like when no one's dying it's a syndrome or whatever (laughs) and it's just like this idea that I guess maybe your circulation's not so great so like your fingies and your toes get like really cold and numb like easily so like if I'm at the supermarket I'm numb half the time that I'm there like Mm -hmm. I don't know why but it just is what it is and I don't think other than like maybe like fleece materials I find are like premium for like warming. Like if you can find something kind of fleecy, I love that. Um, and obviously like hot water, but other than that, like even a space heater, I'm like, my feet still feel cold. Like, I don't know how to just generate like profound warmth. Like, I don't know how that works other than fleece.
2: I get to the point of cold and I've always been like this where I'm like, I have to take a hot shower or a bath or else like, mm. it's just like my core is cold that mm. like, no matter what I do, I'm just going to stay cold. And I'm like, I got to take a hot shower. But I also on the flip side of this, I hate being hot. Like I hate the feeling of being hot and it'll come on really suddenly for me. And it's probably because I just had bad circulation where I'll go from like, I'm cold to like, I Get everything off my body, mm-hmm. and so it's always really hard in this season. And I'm like going for a walk because I'm like it's cold. I'm gonna bundle, and then I walk like three blocks, and I'm like I feel like I'm on fire right now. And then if I like have a layer that it's like this is like the end layer, and I'm still hot. It's just I'm miserable. The sensory overload is I hate it. I hate being hot. But then like sometimes my toes will still be cold, and I'm like <laughs> this is this should
0: be a crime <laughs>
2: against being human. I
0: hate it. I also will get to a point of cold where I'm like, it's bath time, baby. I bath get those time. I get those beans in the hot water and I think you're warming up. You're finally getting where you need to go.
2: <laughs> and it's beans. like you feel them like like the ice, <laughs> the metaphorical ice like cracking around them, and you're yes. like,
0: oh, Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I like the feeling when you put your, your little bean holders into the <laughs> Hot water and it's like, wow, this is really hot. But like you know it's just because your toes are extra cold. And then you submerge the rest of your body. I'm like, I'm so strong. I'm so strong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm warming up from the core to these little toes out here. Yeah. Cold. Can we
1: talk about bath culture for a second? Do do both of y'all do baths?
2: I shower regularly. I like to like indulge in a good bath. I was a bath person growing up, Mm. but now my um my ocd has kind of gotten in the way of that of just like i have to there was like a whole thing it's so funny i follow someone on instagram and they were like talking about like bathing culture and she was like shocked by how many people were like they like cleaned them like they took a shower before getting the bath i have to clean my feet before i get into a bath otherwise all i can think about is whatever was on my feet now being in my bath water and that just like, really, I will never relax a second in my life, which is very unfortunate for me. But like, if I'm going to take a bath, the conditions have to be correct for me to be able to enjoy it. But if I have to wash my hair or like wash my face, like I'm not doing
0: that in bath water. So I'm like, I might as well just take a shower. I grew up only with an, a bathtub. Like my brothers had showers, but I only had a bathtub. So I was bathing every day, mostly. <laughs> Um, and I do understand, like, if you want to wash your hair or your body, actually, like, I don't really know why you're doing it in the bath. It's just getting kind of no. like a lot. So I prefer taking a shower if I'm going to like do business, but I think business. <laughs> growing up with being like a bathtub baby, I will never escape the feeling that I, I need to take a bath more often than I probably need to this season. I mean I think that was one of the hots. It's bath season for me. Like this is bath the best season. time. You can take a midday bath if you're that cold. No one's gonna no one's gonna think twice. I love a midday bath. Are you a bath person side? I'm
1: not mm. and like if you knew me well, that would not be surprising. I just I find it stressful. Like I feel like that tub would need to be brand new, literally just delivered to my home for me to feel <laughs> remotely calm in a yep. bath. Like I just can't handle it. So I am a shower person. I will take a midday shower to warm up. I love the hot water. Mm-hmm. Love a piping hot situation. I just can't be submerged. But I, just, I, yeah. I love that you had bath culture ingrained in you at a young age so that you're you're able to enjoy. For me, it's a foreign concept that I just can't. It's too late for me is really all I'm trying to say. I don't think I can do it at this point. I know too much and I can't. <laughs> I know too much. Yeah. It's too much. Much. For what it's worth, John, my husband, he's into bath culture and I hadn't so really- It's funny. Th- so is Nate. What is it with these people? <laughs> but like, I had never even considered bath culture really until- we were dating and then living together. And he's like, I think i want going to take a bath. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, <laughs> do you need a shower? Or like,
2: he's like, no, I'm just going
1: to like, go take a bath. I'm like, okay. Oh. This is a thing. Okay. And he's also a, a bar soap
0: guy. I'm oh, I'm usually all neat. about a pump, but he loves a bar soap. Yeah. I was not a bar soap person until I started living with my partner. And I was like, oh, okay and then i had to re, i re I had to, I had to reapply my all of my like judgments about it i was like i've always thought this was really pointless like why wouldn't you just want to pump and then i uh you know i'm on board now i can do a bar did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about from the newsletter i feel like oh we could talk about friends i mean this came up immediately in my head around bar soap but there's like an episode of friends where Chandler and mm-hmm. Joey are like arguing about sharing things and Joey's like we share the bar of soap in the shower and Chandler's like that <laughs> cleans itself and then Joey's like well think about like the first place you clean and the last place I cleaned I mean to be uh, honest I'm like why are you two sharing a bar of soap that bar of soap? you're not like family <laughs> like that's your roommates, <laughs> your roommates, and it's a little weird to me. Um, and I, I mean, I liked the argument of like self cleaning, but I'm like, no. But I immediately thought about that example from friends and was like, don't bring it up. It's okay. You don't have to use it. Um, and I, I, I might want friends' anecdotes. It's stuck. It's stuck in there. Stuff will just come in, and I'm like, I wish I didn't have to play an entire scene of like a 90s sitcom in my head <laughs> when something reminds me of it. And it's weird that I know the line sometimes.
2: I can't remember if it was a BuzzFeed article or if it was something else, but it was like talking about friends. It basically said that Ross wasn't the worst character in 90s sitcom television. <laughs> it was like there was like quite a divide. I remember because I was like, that's outrageous. How could anyone not hate Ross? it was very split in the comments of people being like, Ross is misunderstood. And I'm like, Ross is the worst character. I fast forward through big Ross episodes because I hate him. I don't like him. But my other controversial hot take is I don't really like Phoebe. And I, that one really gets, that really gets under people's skin. And I don't know if it's just because I'm like a theater kid. And so I'm like, I know that personality really well. But I was always just like, eh.
0: Mm-hmm. I, as you know, don't like Ross, but oh, I appreciate his character for his physical comedy. Like, good job. Sure. There's some stuff that you do where I'm like, you had to, as an actor, apply yourself and remove yourself to a special degree where you could do that. Can't you could do, do that. that. Sure. But yeah, his affect, his voice, the way he walks around, everything that he does and doesn't do, I'm like... I get that you're needed for some bits, but most of the time you irritate me. And You irritate me. Thank you for being the sixth member at the same time. Like, we get it. You're here. Yeah.
2: we are a balance, I guess. Whatever. <laughs>
1: this is absolutely fascinating. I did not know there was discourse around pro and anti-Ross. I was like neutral to pro. I really had no idea there was <sighs> anti-Ross sentiment out there. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean i love the ross rachel will they won't they did y'all like that or were you like i don't want this
2: i liked it in I the, the beginning rachel to get over ross i'm like babe you can do better he <laughs> sucks
0: she really can do better she still can yeah i liked the storytelling i mean honestly when i think about their relationship. I think about when they broke up, I think about that scene and I feel like the acting was really like, I was like, oh, this is like good acting, guys. I don't really think of them together. I feel like the thing that irritated me most about Ross was how much he felt like he was holding Rachel back in these ways. A lot of her growth as a character throughout the show is trying to find her actual like standing alone, isolated character identity personality Mm -hmm, without all these like pieces and a lot of that is pushed forward when she's like finding a job finding the right place to be um starting to like afford her own life and i feel like ross just like never boosts that and if anything like his insecurities are so they're so like insidious that they Mm -hmm. mess they mess with her propelling forward and like i'm I'm like where are you going ross where are you going yeah and and why (laughs) and why do you have to like put a little damper on everything that she's doing. Cause this should be really celebrated. Like she's, she found a good job. That was like one of the main things yes. that ended up pulling them apart. But um, God, sorry, I'll stop talking.
2: That's what I think too. And I think that like, it stuck out to me the older I've gotten, but then also as the show has aged where I think that like a lot of their relationship in the nineties, like it was like, this makes sense. Mm. He, she should be on his side. Whereas I think as we have evolved in how women are able to be themselves, when you look back on it, like I know that there's been a number of episodes where I'm like, yeah, this doesn't hold up. Like you really kind of see like, oh, that really was like acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was okay. I like, I can't remember the details of it, but it's like, Rachel has to work late. And like Ross comes in with like a picnic and it's just being so annoying. And then like, I don't remember like the full resolution, but I remember being so upset that it was like Rachel kind of ended up apologizing and being like, I know that you just wanted to be with me and like, I'll try to make more time for you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Hmm. And like, that is one of those things where I'm like, how many of us have internalized things like that of like shows that showed that. And now we can take the step back 20 years later and be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) men like Ross. Yeah. It's men like Ross. This is fascinating. I kind of
1: watched, like I watched Friends in real time and then mm. said goodbye. Like I refuse to watch it ever again because I am a little afraid things don't hold up. So here yeah. I am, like, oh,
2: that's great.
1: And you've both just given two really good examples where I'm like, well, I forgot about those Ooh. episodes. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> like this is so interesting. Now I'm even more scared. Like I I will never rewatch Friends. I really think it was such a I don't even know, like it was a sign of the times. Like it was a very specific time period, the way it was shot, the laugh track, the types of jokes, like all of that stuff that I'm just like, I don't know if I can appreciate it anymore. So I'm like just leaving it there to be preserved in my memory of my Thursday nights at 8 Mm PM. And that's just it. But yeah, I I will now come around apparently, maybe Ross. Not great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not great. I like, I get that. There's definitely, I have shows like that too, where I'm like, if I rewatched it, I know that it would change. And I want it to just stay as this like happy, good thing in my life that I can look back on. It feels like home in a very different way. Like Gilmore Girls is like my friends where like I kind of grew up watching Gilmore Girls. And I've probably seen the series like six times through now. And there's a lot of it that doesn't hold up, but it has that same, like, sometimes when I'm just like, I'm feeling kind of down and I need something that I know is just gonna feel like, I don't even know how to describe it. I'll turn in one of the first two seasons of Gilmore Girls where like people now, I have friends who are like, well, I didn't watch it. Should I watch it? And I'm like, no, no. it's like, it was a sign of the times thing. Like if you watch it now, it's not going to translate. Like it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to do the same thing. It's not going to have the same magic that it did watching it in that time period.
1: That is the exact show I also will not watch now because I, yeah. I watched Gilmore Girls in real time. I loved it so much. And now I'm just like, I don't think it's going to hold up you're dead to me. We are just going to be a distant memory
0: and that's fine. I mean, Friends definitely does that. There's a lot to critique. I used to watch it a lot. I met a threshold. I tried to watch Mm -hmm. it like maybe five years ago and the laugh tracks were were so distracting. I couldn't watch it. And then I watched it with my partner for the first time like a year or two ago. And I mean, they're still distracting and it is hard watching stuff that maybe should just die. But that feeling that you're describing, Emeline, of like, it has this weird tenderness. Yeah. It still does that for me. But I, I think I also love watching stuff to critique it. And so it's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. It's slightly fun watching it every once in a while with the always updated lens and being like, that's super fucked up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't always hate Ross either. That was just something that had to happen mm. at one time. He was just annoying. And then he was like worse than that.
2: Now you're a problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. If there's nothing else that you guys want to talk about for the newsletter, I think we could transition into telling people where to find both of you and if good soup has anything coming up. Um, I
1: think we should also maybe explain what good soup is. I realized like we oh, yes. yeah, like glossed over it. We're like, if you know, you know. So good soup is something that Emmy and I have been kind of working toward for the last like year or so. And so there's kind of two arms to it like we want to just like build community around soup so arm number 1 is kind of like hey if you like soup you're going to eat soup right so we're we're making soups we're hopefully one day selling soups like that sort of thing great consuming soups but the other side is also just like the social arm of like let's have community around this thing that's like our our like commonality of like liking soup right so we've got um a sub stack we will send emails. It'll just be s- things that are on our mind., uh, we'll throw in a soup recipe, that sort of thing. We want people to engage with us and kind of bring their stuff to the table. So if someone has something that they want to share, then we're happy to post it in our newsletter. If you have a recipe that you want to share again, that's something we want to have a platform for. And then also we're hoping to like, I don't know, engage with people. Let's volunteer together. let's have um, a like, we're calling it a soup along, but like essentially let's all get on a call and make a soup together. Like we really want to just have a community around soup. Our handle is good soup in general. And then there's a million different versions of good soup on the socials. Emmy, take it away.
2: Our sub stack, you can find us at it's good soup.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at
0: it's good soup. And then we don't, we have a TikTok, but we haven't posted yet. So don't look there. Thank you for sharing all those things. Are there any soup alongs coming up? Work in progress. Okay. Work in progress. We'd love to know if people are interested in
2: getting on a Zoom call and cooking soup together. The idea roughly is that we would share with you a recipe and tell you like what what ingredients to get and what to prep. So we'd all kind of be making the same soup together. And then we would walk through with you how Mm -hmm. to make the soup, but then kind of leave it open to like do some real 2020 style get together where we're all kind of just on Zoom making soup together. And maybe you get to make a new friend. You get to talk to someone who you've never met before. You know, we live on different sides of the US. So we're trying to find ways to connect with our close and far communities.
0: Yeah, I think I would be interested. I say I think because I'm not that great of a cook, but I can follow a recipe and that is what I have. Uh, yeah, the,
2: I, but yes. So the idea of soup belongs, you don't have to be an amazing chef or cook. We will walk you through it. And it's really just like, it doesn't matter what it looks like, as long as it tastes good and you had an enjoyable time. That's really what we're going after. So it, we're not going to ask you to make like a 50 step soup recipe. It would likely be something that like the average home cook can do. And we'll tell you what to get and we'll tell you what to prep. And then we'll just do it all together and have awesome. a nice little. Nice little evening together, nice little time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you both for contributing everything that you did. It's been such a pleasure. And I hope we can do this again in the future. Thank Thanks you for having us. us.
2: This was so fun. I just, I just love that you two got to meet and we got to share about friendliness and soup and all the other things. It was just so, so nice, so lovely.
0: This has been an episode of the She's Friendly podcast. And I'm Courtney King. You can subscribe to the newsletter at she'sfriendly.substack.com and find me on Instagram at Courtney Thank you for reading, and thank you for listening.